What's up, guys? We're the Knuckleheads Podcast. I'm the fanboy. I'm the hater, and today, something different. Taking it back to 19, what? Uh, 93. All right. Uh, well, let's take a guess. Let's, let's, I'll, uh, I think it is 93, but I, I don't know for sure, but I'll, I'll believe you. Uh, so don't forget to rate, view, and subscribe to Knuckleheads Podcast on all platforms. Buy our stuff on Teespring. Uh, link is in the description. So today we wanted to go over a, another movie that is uh, nostalgic, near and dear to our hearts. <laughs> Something that we still find funny today in 2021. Uh, I definitely still got some laughs out of uh, so the the movie is uh, the drum roll. Is that ghetto drum roll? Uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights from uh, Mel Brooks. Uh, definitely one of his uh, funnier movies. Actually, I think I think very seldomly did he ever miss on a movie, or it's funny movies anyway. Yeah, I definitely don't remember. I don't remember him like he was in a movie that I never seen before where he plays. Uh, I don't know if he wrote it. Uh, I know he's in it, but he Mel Brooks. I saw the trailer. It's like from the seventies or eighties, and he he's a super rich billionaire, and he makes a wager with another billionaire for this plot of land, and the wager is that he can't survive living without his money in in a poor neighborhood, um, and he he meets like a homeless woman, and then he falls in love with her. Isn't that like Bruce's Millions or something? Uh, it, it's not that, but it's it's definitely... Uh, I can't remember the name of it. Um, uh, Mel Brooks movies. I, I, I don't know if he if he directed it. I, I, I don't know. Like, this isn't one of his classic, nostalgic, you know, Spaceballs or any... Like, it's not on that list, but I, I, saw, I saw the trailer. It was on HBO Max. I think it's gone from HBO Max. But I saw the trailer. I watched it. I was like, "What? I was like, what the? F- when the fuck did this come out? Like, I don't. I don't ever oh, remember. Forty, fifty years ago. Yeah, like I, I just don't remember that kind of that movie. Like it's because, like I said, it's not part of his thing. Oh, it's called Life Stinks. Um, that came, oh, I, that actually, wow, that, that movie looks like shit because it came out in ninety one, and I thought it was the seventies. That's how bad it looked. <laughs> Jeez. A filthy rich businessman bets a corporate rival that he can live on the streets of LA without the comforts of home or money, which proves to be tougher than he thought. Yeah, he's the director, and he is one of three that wrote the story, and he starred in it. I never heard of that one. Yeah, he falls in love with like a, a homeless woman or a bag lady or something, and like he, it's it's definitely one of those weird weird movies that he so- did. She's a poor. Yeah, yeah, she's a poor. And I'm pretty sure it's like Scrooge. He, he plays Scrooge kind of where he's super rich, but then he also has like a Scrooge effect where he money isn't everything. And, he learns his lesson. Yeah, which is fucking horse shit. Which is uh, always the ironic one of people that have money say money doesn't buy happiness. And I'm like, because you have it. So the fuck? it doesn't. Well, I, there's two responses to that. Let me take it off your hands and I'll, I'll prove it to you. And the other one is, it doesn't buy happiness, it buys peace of mind. That's it. So, the, the, I, I pulled up a couple of facts about Robin Hood Men in Tights. And the, I'm going to like weave them in while we talk about it a little bit. 
a dentist kid inspired the movie. All right, that, that's a bit of out there. <laughs> so it says, despite its impressive showing at the box office, Kevin Costner's Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, the one without a British accent, didn't win universal praise. Many took issue with the movie's inconsistent tone and Costner's half-baked attempt at an English accent. <laughs> when an 11-year-old Geordie Chandler saw it, he told his father, Evan, that the flick deserved to be parried. Parried? Parried? Parried. Parried. Parodied. There you go. I can't say that fucking word. Uh, as it happened, Evan Chandler was Beverly Hills dentist whose clientele included Hollywood screenwriter David Shapiro. During an appointment, the DDS pitched the idea of a Robin Hood spoof movie to Shapiro, who loved the concept. Together, they put together they put together a screenplay that was uh, was later sold to heavily revised and heavily revised by Mel Brooks. It's funny how scripts in Hollywood start off as one thing, and then by the time it gets to the shooting, like it's like a whole nother fucking whole nother joint. Yeah, I I think the way Mel Brooks makes movies, you know, all the classics that he has, you know, in the books, it's crazy how he really he makes movies not only that he wants, but I don't I don't think from his idea to what we see is that different i think he changes jokes and stuff that might not hit but it's not like i i don't i assume this of course this is knuckleheads we don't have facts but i assume that he doesn't deal with shit like suicide squad or batman vs superman or justice league dealt with yeah where the studio steps in they're like nah (laughs) i i think back in the day it was a little bit more free free flowing but now everything is so corporatized and so fucking um sanitized and fucking shellac you can't even have nunchucks in a movie because the brits are gonna uh fall off their tea biscuits to fucking (laughs) (laughs) fucking assholes the uh, but when i think of robin hood men in tights i i that's the first mel brooks movie i ever seen and i remember watching it as a kid and for some reason i never caught the the beginning uh when he's in the jail no, like you know, the beginning when uh, when they're doing the dance thing and like they set the roof on fire and it's it uh, says like uh, Robin Hood, like it spells it out and like they're attacking the village. I've yeah. never seen that until like six months ago. Oh, it's like stop burning our village town, Mel Brooks. Yeah, like I I legitimately for some reason I I might have been watching it either either when I put in the VHS I fast forwarded. Or we had such a bad bootleg that it was cut off or it was bad, so we fast-forwarded. When I eventually got into, like, DVDs, when you the, when DVDs, you go to the menu and you hit, like, when you want it to play from, I probably always hit it to when he is, when he meets a chew, um, not when he meets a sneeze. God bless you. Yeah. So I, I never, I never seen any of that stuff. Like, you know, Isaac Hayes being fucking Dave Chappelle's dad, uh... It's one of those like. Damn! So you, you, how far in did you start when he got back to England? No, no, no. When when he meets uh when when he meets I think uh, a chew, or like right after, I I I remember seeing as a kid I remember seeing uh Robin Hood talk to Isaac Hayes. I remember that. I don't remember the whole conversation, but I remember that part. And then when it goes to, you know him 
meeting a Jew and then going and finding fucking what's his face, uh, the blind guy, Lincoln. Yes. Yeah. So when he meets him, like I, I remember those parts. And but when I was a kid, I never caught the beginning dance number. Like that whole shit where they're attacking, I never seen that. Uh, I I don't know if that was the first Mel Brooks movie I ever saw, but uh, I mean I I like comedies at that particular age, and uh, the funny thing is the dude who played uh, who plays Robin Hood that's the guy from Saw, and you never really mm-hmm. see it coming. Like I I don't I never knew where that guy had came from. And then, He's also in Seinfeld. Ah. He was in a Seinfeld episode. Just played a random schmuck. He was a guy that uh, low uh, Elaine, Elaine. So the guy who plays him, Corey Ellis, Ellis, whatever his name is, Sounds him, like him and a woman are together, and Elaine and Jerry try to break them up so they can get with their with ah. with, with them. And he's that he's in that episode. He he's in a bunch of random shit that you will not know because in he. For some reason, when he got a little older, he just looks so different, even though he doesn't really look that different. <laughs> <laughs> can't, can't tell him from night and day. He, yeah, he really does not look that different from, you know, the the the, the way. Like, Grant, yeah, he looks older now, but it, it's not as bad as it, it shouldn't be hard to tell him <laughs> to tell him apart from how he used to look or how he looks now or not be able to pick him out of a, you know, a fucking lineup. But yeah, I, I I'm pretty sure that that was the first one. It was either that or Spaceballs. But I I remember seeing Men in Tights. I think I saw that first because that movie was like always on TV. Hmm. I think I might have seen Spaceballs first. But then did, again, did you I see Spaceballs really... before we got the DVD? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't, but I don't think I ever connected them as like Mel Brooks movies. It never dawned on me that it was all like the same, the same guy. Oh, the same uh, director uh, and writer yeah. and stuff. Yeah. What's uh, what's on the next fact? Well, I was looking up because uh, that guy who plays him, he's also you know he's most famous for um, Princess Bride. But I was looking at his IMDb, and apparently he's in Mission. He's going to be in Mission Impossible Seven. <laughs> oh. He was also in Family Guy. He's he's in a lot more shit than you would think. You just don't know it. <laughs> yeah, he's I had a, no idea some of this stuff, like no fucking clue. Some of the stuff is like never heard of either. Like Hellgate. Ghost of New Orleans. <laughs> he does um, a lot of low low budget shit. Yeah. Uh so let's see the um, Brooks, Mel Brooks wrote the lyrics to all the original songs from the producer Springtime for Hitler to Sinatra S lounge number in High Anxiety. Brooks comedies are loaded with songs that the filmmaker either wrote or co-wrote himself. Robin Hood Men in Tights continue this musical tradition. The legendary director penned the lyrics for Maid Marian song, the titular Men in Tights number, both versions of the Sherwood Forest rap. Uh, meanwhile, their melodies were provided by composer Hummy Man? Hummy? H-U-M-M-I-E? Human. <laughs> Hummy Man. However, neither man can take any credit for The Night is Young and You're So Beautiful, which Robin Carrie Ells 
Ellis. I think it's Ellis. I think the W is silent. Uh, belts out during a romantic scene with Marion, famously covered by Dean Martin that Amherst... So yeah, that was Dean Martin. Um, so that that's... I, I wouldn't think that he wrote raps, but hey. Um, I mean... I, I think it's Carrie yeah. Ellis. I think the W is silent. Not Wellis? No, it's E-L-W-E-S. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, when when Brooks first reached out to Carrie about playing Robin Hood, the actor assumed he was being pranked. That's fucked up. Like, yeah, it's my brother on my feet. Yeah, all right, just fuck on. It is not like dude trying to get in touch with you and you just shitting on. It. Yeah, it says quote unquote. He actually called me at home, and I thought someone was pulling my leg, so I immediately hung up on him. <laughs> and he told that to the Den of Geek in 2014. He called back and he said, don't hang up. It's really me. I apologize, but I couldn't believe he was actually calling me. In short order, Ellis was cast as a film's hero. Once he came aboard and helped Brooks choose an actor to play Achu, Robin's sidekick. In the end, of the, in the, end uh, the part went to an unknown 19-year-old comedian named Dave Chappelle. We actually casted him together. We saw a lot of actors and when Dave came in, he was just so amazing, and we knew right there he was. This guy was going to be a star. He was. He was good in that movie. He was definitely funny. For his uh, first think, movie, yeah, hell yeah. And it's funny shit with the with the with the Nike pumps. He's like he had to pump his shoes. I when I was young, I, one of those sneakers with like a hard on vengeance because that was like the biggest thing known to fucking man. So I think man in two thousand, want to say two thousand thirteen. I think it was 2013. Uh, I worked at MakerBot, and uh, I was at my desk. And one of the guys I worked with, he sat next to me. He was like, "Hey, I got an email from Foot Locker." I was like, "Okay." He's like, "Dude, they have like a 70% off sale on certain sneakers." And I was like, "Fucking probably trash anyway." And I hit the link, and I it was like 20 pages of shoes, and. Hey. I was just scrolling, scrolling, because it was, you know, there was no filter for some reason. So I'm scrolling, and I came across the pumps, and I bought them shits. Because I was like, yo, I never had these. Uh, I bought them. Granted, they're fucking all orange. Uh, like, they were ugly. Uh, but I bought them, and I wore them a couple times. They're very high top, so I like, I'm not a big fan of high top shoes, because when you have short legs, it doesn't look good. But... Takes I, I, part of your leg. <laughs> well, no, it's just if you wear long pants with them and high tops, you look shorter. Or if you wear shorts, the high sneakers make your shorts look longer, even if they're short. Just like the to the eye. Um, but I just remember the fucking. I was like, I'm buying these shits, and I remember getting them, put them on, I pumped them up, and did not feel a difference. But I was like, I'll be damned if I'm not gonna say I own the pair of fucking pumps. I wonder. I wonder. If Those are Reeboks, yeah. by the way. Uh, I wonder. So my next question is going to be: Do they really pump? Is there like a a, a fucking air bladder in the fucking building? It, it, there, it's in there. Like you do feel it after a bunch of pumps, but it's not. You gotta pump it. it it's not like uh oh, if I pump these up, I could play basketball better. Like it's it just doesn't really do much. Uh, the only shoe that ever worked with is Converse. Run faster, jump higher, Converse. Converse are not that good. 
doesn't matter. The only so <laughs> when I when I was a kid, I remember I wanted Converse's because they started getting more like the retro Converse's became popular. Um, and I remember, I remember like going to to one of the stores on Knickerbocker, and they were like twenty three dollars or twenty five dollars, and I bought two pairs, and I didn't try them on, and I remember hey. getting home. And com- Converse is our canvas material. Yeah. And when you put them on, they form to your foot. So if you have a wide foot, like my fat ass foot, it looks so bad. That's the reason I never got them because trying them on, they just like the sides were blowing out. <laughs> the, the tongue wasn't big enough. And I was just like, nope, this ain't going to work. It was so. So I bought a black pair and like a grayish blue. And I remember I bought the black pair and I put them on and I had white socks on. And as soon as I stood up, you like it spread so much. You just see your socks. And I was like, all right, let me get black socks. So I put black socks on and it looked wide, but a little less wide. And I remember wearing them one time and I don't remember who it was. I think it was someone at school was like, yo, you busting out of them shits. And... (laughs) I never wore them again. It was over. Ne- never wore them shits again. And then uh, I, I, the other pair, I remember going, I was, it was uh, the analyst's birthday and we were going bowling. And it, this was a long, long time ago. And I remember we were going bowling and I wanted to wear these fucking sneakers, which is so stupid because you're going to take them off and put on bowling shoes. And I was like, fuck it. I'm wearing these shoes. I never wore them. I'm going to find something. And I remember going to Knickerbocker all day shopping for a shirt for a shirt and a hat that matches them shits and couldn't find nothing. Then I found a hat and I was like, oh, this is good, but I don't know what I'm wearing, blah, blah, blah. Threw the hat back. When I walked to Myrtle, all over Myrtle. Then I found a, a Sean John button down that was plaid that had the colors in there. That matched the hat? That No, that matched the shoes. And I was like, you know what matched your shirt? The fucking hat. And I went all the way back to Knickerbocker, bought them. We went out that night, and I remember putting them on, and I had white socks on because there were no blue socks. I didn't have any that matched it. And I remember put the white things on, and I fucking put – I, you know when we used to roll up our jeans? Uh, I let them down to try to cover – like, my pants was so baggy. It looked like – it, like if I'm a say an 18 inch, these were like 32. So like, like the, the 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 pant leg was over the whole sneaker. Almost, yeah, it was like Jenko jeans almost. But it 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 since it didn't cover the whole shoe because the shoe is tall, it sagged to the left to cover the wide ass foot. And that's how I went. And I remember as soon as I got there, he was like, "Can you take these off and put these on?" I was like, "Fuck," because it was mad hard to get these shits on my feet. So I took them <laughs> off. And I put on the bonus shoes, and I remember at the end, I was sitting on the floor fighting with these shits to put them on. I put them on, but I didn't tie them. Uh, but, yeah, I, I remember them shits busting out the side. It was so bad. <laughs> I would have been Damn, like, yo, oh, man. Is, your, is your foot the Incredible Hulk, bro? You trying to Hulk out on them sneakers? It was so bad back yeah. then. That's why I never uh, got those flat foot Converse's. My yeah, foot. the only Converse's I ever wanted were the ones that I think Magic Johnson wore. He wore, like, a purple and yellow pair, and I wanted the Laker ones. And those are like the the leather, not like that. They didn't look like the 
like Skippy's. They look like sneak like they were they had the Converse logo. They the almost they were basketball sneakers, not the canvas ones. Going going down the list, it says the actors attended a sword play boot camp. It's kind of cool. I didn't uh I didn't know that. Uh, this one I didn't know. Late in the shoot, Richard Lewis came down with a 106-degree fever. 106. Uh, the the king. Sure. Oh, man, 106. Not, like, not Picard, <laughs> his yeah, brother. That's, that's the captain. Yeah. Uh, damn, that, 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 that'll kill a motherfucker. Yeah, it says, who played the neurotic Prince John, opened up about his experiences on the set to a 2013 PBS documentary titled Mel Brooks' Make a Noise. Apparently, as production came to a close, Lewis' health took a sharp turn for the worst. I was almost done with the film. I had one scene left, and then I got hepatitis A. The actor recalled, stricken with a 106-degree fever, Lewis was hospitalized immediately. Amazingly, through this development, didn't stop Brooks from trying to complete his villain scene on schedule. Completely understated or undeterred, sorry, um, the director called Lewis's hospital room and announced an elaborate plan to play <laughs> Lewis in a stretcher, to lay him in a stretcher, drive him to the set, prop the immobilized performer up against wood so he could deliver a pair of lines. You'll do your two lines. We'll carry you right back in the stretcher. You'll be back at the hospital in 20 minutes. Brooks told him, Mel, a weary Lewis responded, I'm dying. I think I'm really dying. I have a 106 degree fever. I'm jaundiced. He then hung up <laughs> and Brooks who proceeded to call him back about 15 times with the same riff in Lewis's estimation. I wonder if he was serious or he was just fucking with him. Like, you know, just no, Mel Bro- it says Mel Brooks was trying to, he had to do it on schedule. I wonder what lines he was trying to get him to deliver. Like what was the part? I don't know. That that's what I wish they were gonna say. Like what what was the final thing they shot? But now we gotta watch the movie and see how where he looks sick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fucking six degree fever. And I didn't even tired. I thought that was death. <laughs> I thought Uh that's that's death's door right there, yeah. That's enough to kill you, like fry your fucking brain. Yeah, I, I hundred and six, like that's kinda crazy. That's that's hot. What's We're back. <laughs> What's for dinner? <laughs> Tacos. <laughs> Tacos. Uh, so the 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 other. So we just did the hospitalized one. It says this movie made Gene Siskel's worst list of '93. Jeez, I don't think it was that fucking bad. I mean, granted, there were a lot of big hitters in the '90s for movies, like movies that came out. Like if you look up like best movies of 1993, I can see why this movie might have got chucked into the bin. Why you look? What was your my funniest scene in the movie that will make me that made me laugh out loud as a kid that cracked me the fuck up? Is the scene where uh, the princess and and Broomhilda are gonna jump out the On window the horse? and then and then the fucking horse and then that bitch jumps. I guess it still makes me laugh. The fucking horse is like, no fuck this, and backs up. And she Would you say it says nay? <laughs> yeah, and then, uh, and then she fucking, the way she grabs the horse and pulls it to her, and she's giving it the fucking steak guy. You just take it to yourself, like, 
like if that shit happened, like you grab the fucking horse and fucking scream at it. The the I think for me the one that I remember the most besides the rap, the two scenes that I remember the most. One is the the fighting on the bridge, uh, to with uh, this yeah Hulk yeah Hogan. the which that was supposed to be Hulk Hogan, um, but yep. we'll get to that fact. I don't know if it's in this list, but the it, that part. I always laugh at that fucking part, especially when the other dude comes and he does the zzz, and, he, and then when he fucking goes to put his knives away, he fucking cuts his pants. That I always laugh. But the one that still makes me like kind of gut laugh is when Robin Hood fucking accepts his duel and he hits him with the gauntlet. I legitimately like I can't I can't not laugh at that. Like I always he just papaya and like you don't really notice a lot of the stuff like the. The Godfather the references subtlety. in there, like you don't notice a lot of that, yeah. um, you know, as a kid. And the the guy that was supposed to be uh, the guy that looks like Clint Eastwood, uh, the guy, the killer, mm-hmm. uh, him, that was supposed to be Clint Eastwood. They he wanted to cast Clint Eastwood in his move. That's why he calls the guy's name is uh, uh, Dirty Etsy, Dirty Etso, and that was a character that Clint Eastwood played in in a. Because that was movie. also the the mob yeah. scene too, right? That was the. The yeah. what's his face playing yeah. fucking Don Corleone? Yeah, uh, I want to say that was Don DeLuise, yeah. but I don't. No, think I, that isn't was... that it? Isn't Don DeLuise was in it? his other movies too? Uh, yes, that that is Don DeLuise because I was thinking of Dick Van Patten. He played uh, the father in uh, Spaceballs. Yeah, he also plays the, yeah. the priest at the end of the movie. That is like, yeah, yeah, man. He's yelling at that guy. He's like, oh, fuck, I hate He's that uh, guy. the father, right? He's uh, what's <laughs> Vespa's. Uh... King Rowling, yeah. So, um, yeah. The, so just going back to your point of best films of '93: Jurassic Park, <laughs> Groundhog Day, Schindler's List. God damn! Uh, scrolling down, a lot of these are kind of shit. The Joy Luck Club was a huge. That was a huge movie. A Bronx Tale, um, Tombstone. Shot, good lord, it's a monster. So I can definitely demolition man, <laughs> the fugitive. <laughs> yeah, next time we do one of these uh, movie ones, we should do fucking Jurassic Park because Jurassic Park is some next level shit. We have plenty of movies to go through. Right now we're doing Mel Brooks. Says the guy who just raffled off ten movies that wasn't Mel Brooks. No, because I was answering your question. You said look up the list, didn't you? Cocksucker? <laughs> Literally said, look up the list. I do. And you're like, but they're not, like, you just try to dump me out when I'm doing what you ask. To double duke. Uh, but tell me more. The number 10, oh, number 11, Jack Black once serenaded Brooks with a rendition of the film's theme song. And then it actually has a, a fucking link to it. I, I can see that. Um,. The so I, I looked up another I found another thing on Screen Rant and the headline is uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights Ten Ways It Still Holds Up Today. So I was curious because I, I Mel Brooks does have some movies like Blazing Saddles that I don't know if they would be well received now. I do think that he would be the one to get away with it because it is comedy and he kind of makes fun of everyone equally. <laughs> uh, but I. I, I was curious to see if this, like, how it holds up if they were going to dump it out. I was very curious. Um, so the number 10 is the hit song and musical element. So it says that 
holds up. The song can easily get stuck in a viewer's head. Um, the villains aren't all that evil. Yeah, they're more fucking buttheads than anything. Number eight, it's still recognizable Robin Hood story. Yeah. The spoof about social and pop culture. So the two things that they show are the Reebok pumps, and then they show the New England sign <laughs> when it was like the yeah. the what the the Hollywood, Hollywood sign. sign. Yeah. Um, so that parodies that. It mentions a couple of other things. And number six is the timeless love story. The comedy, which is it. It shows <laughs> it shows the the fucking Moyle way he's talking about uh, circumcising with the <laughs> yeah fucking yeah. The little key, the mini key. Uh, oh, the other part that I <laughs> that I still laugh at is when Blinken's taking a shit and the walls are gone, yeah. and he's just uh, he's looking at Braille playbook. He's looking at. Uh, <laughs> I still laugh at that one. The, the funny thing in the scene where he's uh, with with the Moyo, the first time he describes it and he drops the the, the guillotine and cuts the carrot, the big guy, uh, Little John. You see him grab the other, the smaller guy, Will, and put him in front of him like he's fucking scared. <laughs> it's, it's like so quick and subtle. He's like, that big there, There's also a lot of subtleties. Like the dude who plays Blinken, the fact that he's never looking at the right person in the scenes and they yeah, have to uh, turn him is fucking yeah. genius. Like that's, that's what comedies are missing now. The subtleties that you don't get credit for until after like 10 watches. Yeah, and the way he would just, the way he he always had like this look, like the way he was always just drifted off, or even the stupid shit where he caught the arrow, he fired there. He's like, I heard that from fucking hundred yards away, and he's like, Hey, Blinken. He's like, Who yeah. that? <laughs> that fucking, that, or when he he's on the fucking lookout, and he's like, What are you doing up there? And he's like, I'm looking out, and then can't fucking see. It's the middle of the night. It's dark, and the guy's fucking blind. He's and he has sunglasses on. Like, <laughs> he has a, the the trifecta, <laughs> but. Yeah, and fucking, and then he's trying to get back on the ladder like a fucking. The way he, the way he kept grabbing at it, I could totally see that, like somebody trying to get on a ladder that you don't know where it is. You know, like when you're reaching over a ledge and you're trying to touch that little yeah. floor or you know, go up a ladder on a slide or something, you don't know where that ladder is, and you just that shit a brick moment. Where is like, it there? Oh shit, there's nothing there. <laughs> yeah, and you know it's fucking there, but your fucking your brain is like fucking Panic? sounding the alarm. Uh, number four is uh, the array of actors still hold up. So they the picture is Dave Chappelle and um, was, no uh, King Richard uh, Bullock. <laughs> John Picard. John Luke Picard. What the hell is his name? Patrick. Yeah, you okay. uh, This says the Godfather reference still holds up. Yeah, Don. Yeah, it was Dom DeLuise. He plays Don Giovanni. Okay, and then number two is the fourth wall breaking. That still holds up. When he keeps looking at the the camera or says stuff to the camera. Yeah. Um, he does a couple of times. Yeah, that that I uh, like when he loses the archery. Uh, he's baffled that he lost. Uh, he rips yeah, out the he whips out the fight. script. <laughs> he gets another yeah. shot. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Let's give him a shot." Yeah. <laughs> Oh, he pulls out the Patriot and all that shit is like on Rose's huge reel of it. I was like, get the fuck out of here. Oh, no, that's the beginning. The Patriot was the one that homes in. But I was going to say he also does that in the scene where he's going to fight. They're fighting in the throne room. 
and he's like, he looks over, he's like, now for the fight scene. And he there, there's one scene that I never understood as a kid until recently, when when they do the intro with where Mary Maiden's singing, and they pan, they're doing the pan with the camera, and then it goes to the other shot, and then you see the camera go through the window. I never noticed that as a kid. Like, they're showing it panning, uh, and then in the other scene, a different angle, you see the camera go through the window, like the, the guy uh, recording fucking fell through. I just noticed that last time I watched it. That was like six months ago. I never seen that as a kid. I never understood it if I did see it. Um, but that's something that if you watch it again, it's in the beginning where she's singing and they fucking hit the glass. <laughs> um, I didn't notice. The, the number one thing is the comical ending. Talks about the bell and the calling all locksmiths. <laughs> you know what? It, that to me wasn't the, the the best part of the ending is like when he shits on him and Patrick Stewart's like all the toilets will be John's, done yeah. John's and it's just like damn bro yeah I definitely think like, that just, was uh, that was still funny and yo his, John, his fucking head is mad shiny um, I mean it was probably buffed his fucking helm <laughs> <laughs> uh, bowling oh, ball he, that he fucking when he hands him uh uh, Patrick Stewart, when he gives him the sword, he was like, here's your knife. He's like, sword. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. And then, because he, he did that to him uh, in the previous scene. I forgot what what he says. Yeah, I can't him. remember that part. I remember the second part where he's like, here's your knife. He's like, sword. Whatever. Uh, I, think he called him a, I think he called him a priest instead of a rabbi. It could have been. Yeah, it's, something, but it's just still, still funny. Uh, okay, so I just pulled up another link to um, Facts. And number 20 is Hulk Hogan turned down the, ro- the role of Little John so he could star in Mr. Nanny. I mean, to his credit, Mr. Dude, Nanny, I mean, that was a, 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 a big That's still one of the fucking funniest, like, kids movies. I I remember that as a the kid. Funniest, oh, man. The, the, the funniest shit in that movie was when the fucking housemate hits him in the fucking head with the spatula with the chocolate. Every time that bitch hit him, I cracked him. That's still not the funniest <laughs> scene, though. <laughs> I know what you got to say. What, the bike? that shit that's the fun to me i fucking i still i I watched that during covid and dude i was fucking tearing because he's just like give him some more juice and he fucking puts that shit up oh man that's good are you laughing that's why you muted your mic (laughs) yeah (laughs) is it the sound or the movements (laughs) So while he's laughing, legitimately laughing, um, let's see. It says, unfortunately, the hoaxer turned down the lead role. Uh, he took it in Mr. Nanny, which at present has a pretty abysmal Rotten Tomato score of 7%. Ah, I think I rolled a fucking tear. Such a funny thing. Uh, the <laughs> film was inspired. Okay, we already heard that one by an 11-year-old criticism of Prince of Thieves. Um, let's see. Didn't they try to make a Robin Hood movie a couple of years ago? They did uh, with uh, Jamie Foxx and the Jamie guy Fox. in Egerton. The dude plays uh, Eggie in uh, that spy movie. And it's totally shit. The uh, I mean, I I was excited for the casting, but when I saw the trailer and he jumps off the building, turns towards the camera, shoots an arrow, like, I was like, no, nah, I'm good. That's that's not Robin Hood, bro. Um, but may, who knows? Maybe that shit is good. I, I should give it a chance. Direct them. You should have said, give it a shot. There you go. Right, right on target, man. You good. Director Mel Brooks oh, had already God. made a TV series about Robin Hood. 
It says, comedy legend has spent much career lampooning Hollywood hits. Uh, then it says, it was an obvious choice to parody Robin of Prince, Prince of Thieves, but it wasn't actually Brooks' first time taking the taking on such material. And then there's a thing called When Things Were Rotten. And it says, back in mid-70s, Brooks worked on a small screen project entitled When Things Were Rotten. This was an outlandish sitcom in the world of Robin Hood starring Dick Gautier and of Get Smart fame as the bow-wielding outlaw. Unfortunately, when things were rotten around, which pretty much rotten ratings and canceled after 13 episodes. And that looks like Don DeLuise too, but I can't tell. I yeah, and I, I never heard of that one. Um, the Carrie Ellis was also, it says, Carrie Ellis was offered the lead role in Prince of Thieves, but he turned it down. Jeez. I I don't think he would have been better in that movie because I feel like he had like good comedic timing. Well, in, he already uh, did that movie kind of in Princess Bride. No, yeah, but I, I, The Princess Bride is not a super serious flick, is it? No, like, it's, he, it's not, like he but he's, he's playing like... I, I, yeah, I, I feel like it. he that could be why he turned it down. Well, it says, uh, off the back of the swashbuckling 1986 classic Princess Bride, he was offered the role of Prince of Thieves, he turned it down. Be- he turned it down in part because he didn't want to be typecast as a swashbuckler, but also he found the script to be contrived. Uh, this is shallow. And Before Kevin Costner, Mel Gibson was also in contention for Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Mm. I don't think that would have. <laughs> that would have been. It says. Uh, I say the only good movies that Mel Gibson does is movies where he's out for vengeance on the on the English and shit like that and uh, whatnot. And he's a great partner. He's a weapon. Yeah, pro- pro- uh, uh, in further connection, Patrick Stewart, who stars in Robin Hood Men in Tights as King Richard, was also a contender to play the Sheriff of Nottingham in The Prince of Thieves before Alan Rickman signed on. I mean, Patrick Stewart, he could do it all. <laughs> Basically, I think Bell yeah. Brooks was like, yo, who got, who didn't you guys cast? Here's the list. And he's like, all right, <laughs> this is who yeah. I want. Give me these fucks. G- give me the B squad. Uh, let's see. Uh, it was Dave Spell's first film. We already went over that one. He wrote all the lyrics. Some of There's a lot of uh, similar ones. They did the sword boot camp. It says best scenes were completely improvised. Let's see. Did they say what uh, he Mel Brooks allowed his actors to go off book and throw in their own ideas while shooting. Some of them were the very best of Robin Hood, completely improvised. This includes scenes where Latrine, played by Tracy Ullman, tries to persuade Sheriff. Uh, yeah, Roger. but it says Roger Rees. That's his name to sleep with her. Mm-hmm. It says, Omen, so that it doesn't say uh, what she said, but then it says, bonus trivia, uh, Omen's role, a direct parody of the witch uh, played by Geraldine Ewan in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, was initially earmarked for one of Mel Brooks' frequent collaborators. Um, yeah, so it doesn't say what, the th- what she improvised, but the next one is Prince John's Mole changes position through the movie, which is fucking yeah. funny. Um, I think that was pretty funny. 
And it says, this is a deliberate gaffe making a joke at the expense of genuine continuity era in The Prince of Thieves. Or when, when they're doing in the fight scene in the, uh, in the main hall, and he's hiding behind the pig. He's like using the pig to like block with the legs yeah. and shit. That, that one always a fucking Because this one says in an earlier film, Alan Rickman's sharing of Nottingham has a mold that inadvertently moves around his face at different points. So that's what they were making fun of him. Oh, and he he calls it out. The sheriff calls it out. Yeah. But that's what point. they're making fun of, apparently. They're making fun of the act. So yeah. basically, they, I think Mel Brooks was a dirtbag making fun of the real movie. <laughs> um, and Patrick Stewart's is a deliberate... He deliberately makes fun of Sean Connery for his role. So he's playing Sean Connery in, when he comes in in Men in Tights. Sean Connery is in Prince of Thieves? No, I, I don't think he was, but he's making fun of him. It doesn't say why. It says, um, Robin Hood Men in Tight boasts a notable supporting turn from esteemed Shakespeare actor and Star Trek captain Patrick Stewart. However, some viewers may be left wondering why the very English Stewart plays the role with a thick Scottish accent. If it leaves you confused, you must be you must completely forgotten about the previous the- theatrical release featuring Robin Hood with his Scottish brogue Stuart <laughs> uh, is making fun of uh, Sean Connery's King Richard and Robin Hood Prince of Thieves. <laughs> I really gotta watch Damn. I gotta watch Prince of Thieves. I don't remember this shit. You might get more it says the, the former James Bond now. makes a surprise cameo at the climax of the ninety one hit, but much like Kevin Costner, he made no attempt to tone down his accent. I mean, but he had the shit up. Like, he, I felt like he was going to go into a monologue. It says Sean Connery so wanted to play the role in drag. Sean Connery is a fucking weird No, guy. he ain't. He did. No. <laughs> he ain't. <laughs> <I forgot. laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, the joke about Robin Hood's English accent uh, had to completely rewritten in international versions. Uh, let's see. It parodies other Robin Hood movies besides The Prince of Thieves. The Adventures of Robin Hood, Errol Flynn. That was the original. So apparently uh, that's, uh, they're showing a scene of the original as him coming in with a deer over his shoulders the same way he comes in with the pig. Ah. And apparently that guy, Errol Flynn, was like a real sword fighter. Like he was trained and like the, the sword fight that he has in that movie is apparently two like real guys going the fuck at it. Mm. Like real, real deal sword fighting. Like no yeah, bullshit. Yeah, because it says the, for example, the scene in which Robin bursts in the Regal Banquet with a dead boar over his shoulders is a direct recreation of a similar moment in 1938's The Adventures of Robin Hood. And then it says, it bears mentioning here that Carrie casting as Robin plays heavily on the actor's physical similarity to the 1938 Robin Hood actor, Errol Flynn. This had also been a factor in, in Carrie's landing the Princess Bride. Men in Tights features a sequence shot at Lake Cattenbury, a location nicknamed Lake Sherwood, after it is used in both 1922 Robin Hood and Douglas Fairbanks and the 1938 Errol Flynn version. Damn, so they, they, they took it back. Apparently, Mel Brooks uh, has got he's getting his nostalgia. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty cool. Uh, oh, it's, it's number five is the his hepatitis. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I you got you can't help but fucking be like, damn, why is that a fact? That is crazy. <laughs> but it, it says almost verbatim 
with the stretcher. You'll be back in 20 minutes. Like, he also put, I think I'm dying. I think I'm dying. I hung up on him. Uh, That's brutal. uh, Mel Brooks, his goal was to offer Kevin Costner a cameo, but he chickened out. (laughs) Oh, that would have... That would have been funny. That, that's what they should do. They should make a fucking uh, Men in Tights 2 and have, like, every fucking version. Even the even the Disney version, the, the fucking, the, the Fox, Fox. Yeah, like, every... They should do that shit. The fucking, just all of them. Almost like a, a Robin Hood multiverse. Huh. I think that would be pretty funny. Uh, some critics savage the film, calling it Brooks' worst film ever. Nah, you could you critics to suck beef. That's definitely not true. The big Steve yeah. beef. It was a modest success at the boss office, but a huge hit on VHS. Mm, I can see it, it made just over thirty six million in ticket sales from a budget of twenty million dollars. And then it says this was a little less than Brooks's nineteen eighty seven film Spaceballs, which took in thirty eight point one million and cost twenty two point seven. Robin Hood Men in Tights also sold on VHS, which format it was Mel Brooks' second best-selling film behind Spaceballs. It says Brooks' biggest box office hit. What do you think his biggest box office hit is? Blazing Saddles. Blazing Saddles. 1974 Blazing Saddles, which made $119 million. God damn. By today's standards, that should probably would have hit like eight, $900 million. Considering, I think Blade, for me, Blazing Saddles is my favorite Mel Brooks movie. It's tough, man. I space. I think Spaceballs, dude. Like I, I it's so hard to, to like. I, I love Blazing Saddles. It, granted, I tried to watch it a few weeks ago and couldn't fucking find it anywhere except renting, and I was really upset at that. Yeah, I, I own that son of a bitch. I have. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. That's that's the one thing that I regret um, not buying when I was in Best Buy. Like, I. Well, in like two months, it'll be. Fucking uh, Black Friday. Yeah, so maybe uh, I remember. Um, let me see. Uh, Nineteen seventy-four. Inflation to twenty twenty-one. Uh, I remember. I was I was in Best Buy when I first met Miss Fanboy, and we went. It was either Best Buy, Circuit City, or or like one of those like places that had DVDs. And at that time, Blu-ray was just coming out, and. They had the Mel Brooks Blu-ray box set, and it had all of his movies, but it was like $150, and I wanted to buy it so bad, and then I remember on Black Friday, it was like 60 bucks, and I still didn't buy it, and I regret that shit because that had every DVD there. Granted, even if I had the DVD now, it's just way easier to rent the shit, Um, but it's just one of those, I was like, fuck, that sucks. Um, So going just real quick to the inflation... Um, it made a hundred and nineteen point six million, so a hundred and one nineteen point six. Wow, this calculator is just like really shitty. One, how shitty? I mean, it's not letting me add more zeros. Well, just do one hundred ninety six, and then see what that is, and then just add zeros trying to add anything but it's like sorry uh i think uh in blazing saddles i think we're for me blazing saddles it's like um 
like since it, it, I mean, all his movies are spoofs, but I, I think like Blazing Saddles kind of comes out a little more in the real realism, where like the people like you know are so against Bart and whatnot. You know what I'm saying? And like you know, he's able to rally them around him by the end of the flick. So if one dollar is worth five dollars and fifty four cents today, what is that? One hundred and nineteen. 119 million times five dollars well f- sure punch it in. no but is that it is that how you do the i have no fucking clue how to get to that conversion so yeah yeah for every one dollar it would be five dollars so wouldn't it be 109 107 whatever that number yeah is so that's five? 648 million yeah that's that's blockbuster like a son of a bitch back then yeah, I think that's fucking wild. But Blazing Saddles definitely is on the list. I think it's for me, it's Spaceballs, Blazing Saddles, Men in Tights. I think those are his best three movies. I know some would argue uh, Young Frankenstein or History of the World Part One, um, but I I feel or the producers. Um, I can't. I, I Spaceballs dude has so much. Nost- I think that's like one of the first movies that I saw. And started understanding the comedy, like the the like the the poking fun at like the parody aspect, and started understanding those jokes that normally would have went over my head because I was a teenager when I seen it. I started understanding those, you know, and and I, I think that's why it, it it still holds that part for me of being fucking hilarious. And I was a huge Cool Running fan when I was a kid, so John Candy, you know. Fucking Uncle Buck. Uh, I I think Gene Wilder is what sells it for me all the way because he's he's so uh, he's so good in like everything he does and shit like that. The the last fact on this list was Russell Crowe called Men in Tights the most entertaining Robin Hood movie. The, did he? Play yes, Robin he did in two thousand ten. <laughs> for it was uh, Ridley Scott, which I never seen that one either. And it says uh, Crowe explained it examines. The same exact cliches as all the other films that wrap the legend up and throw it away. And once Mel Brooks has has had a go at it, it's time to wipe the slate clean. And it says critics and audience would seem to agree. In 2010's Robin Hood was met with very muted response. 2018's Robin Hood with Taron Egerton and Jamie Foxx, it, it fared a little better. I, see I, how think, much that uh, movie, movie I think I think I think Russell Crowe is just trash. I feel like he doesn't have a lot of good movies. I mean, he ruined like Les Mis. Oh my god, dude! Like, <laughs> we went, <laughs> we, we went Jeez, on a double don't... date to see. Uh, tell him, tell him how you met. We went bro. on a fucking double date with uh, the French Rider and his girlfriend back then. Um, we went, and we go to see this fucking movie, and you know, I I love Anne Hathaway, and Hugh Jackman was great in the movie, and there's a scene where uh, Jean Gerard, I can't remember his name, but he. Russell Jean-Claude Russell Crowe is singing and he's like on a bridge and he's singing and his singing not only was so bad, but we were just like, yo, jump already, bro. Like it was so bad. Like it was lay mis- miserable. Like he made it so fucking bad for us. And if you watch that, like he ruins that movie. I was like, God damn, he is hot Duke. Um, granted, I don't really know of uh, other huge Russell Crowe movies besides... Um, uh, gl- Gladiator. Yeah, Gladi- besides Gladiator. Gladiator. Um, I was just saying, I feel like he's just like 
I don't know. Like maybe he doesn't have a good range. Because, like, he's good as Leonidas. He's good as, I was going to say, Gladiator. <laughs> but, like, maybe his other side of acting, like, he just sucks. Yeah, wow. That Robin Hood from 2018, it made 86 worldwide and it cost $100 million. Yeah. I I feel like when, when they tried to... Uh, the 2010 one made 326, though. Oh, uh, go ahead. You said you feel like they... What should we call it? Yeah, like, like the, I think because it was the way they've been trying to remake certain movies lately. That remake of The Mummy with Tom Cruise, uh, that Dracula movie a little bit before that. That was good, though. I liked that Dracula. Oh, no, I, Frankenstein, uh, and Dracula. Uh, I like both yeah. of them. No, but the way they keep trying to modernize certain flicks about it, I'm saying I feel like that kind of comes up well, short. Well, because they were trying to build the uh, monster universe to make the... Yeah. Well, no, but they, they it, each one individually was not like sold very well. Some of it's part. Um, so I'm looking at Russell Crowe, and uh, he plays Jarrell, which I think anyone could have played. The only yeah. movie that I would say on this list that I liked was The Nice Guys. I've seen it. Return to Yuma, which is oh, yes, um, and the other one is American Gangster, which that one is really pulled off by Denzel, not really him. <laughs> Denzel was so good; he made everybody around. No, he the... he fucking carried him on his back. That's what he did. <laughs> But other than that, like I don't, I don't put him in this super high regard. Like Three Tenth Yuma was good, but I think because Christian Bale was in it, uh, uh, what's his, Ben Foster was in it, the uh, Logan Lerman or whatever his name is, like they they had a really really good cast. Uh, Alan Tuck, whatever, uh, what's that dude's name? Uh, he does all the voice acting. He's in uh, Doom Patrol. He's the bad guy in the first season. Uh yeah, he's Mr. Yeah, Nobody. he's he's in he's in that shit too. Uh Tree to Yuma. So like they had a really great cast, so I don't think it was necessarily Russell Crowe. Uh but anyway, moving forward uh of we have a couple more links to go through. I want to do 10 things in Robin Hood that make no sense. All right. The lifesaver uh when she saves a uh, uh, Sheriff Rottingham. This scene itself makes doesn't make much sense. The scenario is making fun of a famous mint candy and using it as a magical remedy. Uh, and it says uh, Robin Hood Carrie accidentally misses sh- his sword sheath and impales Sheriff all the way through. For many, that type of injury will prove fatal. Latrine promises to save him with a lifesaver, the candy, when ingested causes little spark like magic as she removes the sword but was it really magic uh, i guess that's it's a comedy like yeah i mean th- like she was supposed to be like a sorceress kind of that was like her thing so I-, I feel like that was funny on its on its own face like of all the things to save a motherfucker she pulls a lifesaver out so uh this yeah. one says robin hood never actually opens the box the box yeah remember blinking gives him that box thing Oh, the necklace. Isn't that thing. where the key? No, it, it breaks. breaks. That's the key to her fucking puss. Yeah. No, it wasn't. No, no, it w- but that's what we thought it was. Uh, yeah. No, it was the key to the greatest treasure in the land. So the question is, what's the greatest treasure in the land? Because I don't think her fucking vagina was the greatest. Oh, the chastity belt <laughs> debacle. Uh, physical events that can't happen. Yeah, this is a fucking stupid list. It's, I think things like that are harder to pull off that type of a list. 
for a comedy movie because it's all. Part it says of the they gag. moved the castle, dude. What? That's all right. I'm. Not only I'm going to close it because that's they stupid. Did, <laughs> even if they did move the castle, all the furniture was still there. The motherfucker was taking a shit in there while it came. Like, dude, if you if you comedy. take a Mel Brooks movie seriously, kill yourself. That that's 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 my fucking response to that. Um, yeah, I don't think that, I don't think there's any way to like point out the thing like point out things that don't make so sense so I have another that. uh from Mental Floss the 11 facts about Robin Hood but I think we went through all of these so I'm gonna skip that one um the last thing to close on I found a a Robin Hood Men in Tights trivia alright okay let's see uh 53 items Where's the, the question, though? Some of these... They look like lines, not trivia. All right, hold on. Let me let me pull up... Uh, Vamp. <laughs> so today, on this day... So in... Uh, as a matter of fact... Um, in the... When the friar shows up, when Mabrook shows up, and he's like... He was like, oh, would you share, like, your wine and your counsel? And he was like, well, the counsel, yeah. But then he's like, you know, the wine. And then he's like, you know, let's bless the trees. Let's get for schnickered it. <laughs> for schnickered. <laughs> he says that shit. Or he's talking to the horse. The fucking horse was fucking hammered. And that shit. Is There's a whole bunch of shit about horses in that fucking place. All right. This one is um, Men in Tights Quiz. It says, what is the name of the prison in the beginning scene? Oh man, uh, it's named after like a restaurant, uh, like the dungeon or lay dungeon. Or it, this is a a type in type in. There's no multiple choice. <laughs> oh, she's. I think it was like lay dungeon or something, because the guy's wearing a, a suit yeah, yeah, that's the like gag. That. Uh, <laughs> let me see. Yeah. It's like not really. I don't. I, I googled it just now. It's not there. Uh, fill in the quote. By the by, do you know? Isn't it Robin Hood? And the next line is, "You're looking at him." No, do you know uh, praying mantis? Because they're gonna they start doing like the karate shit. Uh, him and uh, this. Uh, guy. No. It says wrong. Oh, yeah, no, no, Prime Man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was about to say, that thing's wrong. Fuck Khalil that. Prison? Ah, uh, that doesn't fit. That K-H-A-L-I-L Prison. Maybe there's a gag in that word or something like that? Uh, what other movie has Carrie starred in where he was the hero for, the, for his princess? Okay, so that's Princess Bride. Um... At the party, what does Sharing Rottingham offer the Maid Marion? A date. Dates. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's, uh, it's the, he, the dad joke. Yeah. Yeah, dates. Okay. Uh, fill the quote because unlike some other Robin Hoods, I actually could speak with a <laughs> British accent. And what? Put some more emphasis yeah, on sorry. it. Do it again. And what <laughs> scale does Robin Hood sing? In what scale does Robin Hood sing to Maid Marian in the song The Night is Young and You're So Beautiful? 
they meant they mention it, but I don't. I don't. Uh, let me. B flat. Apparently, that's part of part of the joke. Who does a true portray when he wears the black glasses and makes a speech? Uh, Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. What is not one of the reasons May Marion gave for all going all the way? What is not one of the reasons Marion gave for going all the way? That's a good question. Uh... All right. So quick unpause. Sorry about that. Uh, I I don't remember where we were, but I know what is what is not one of the reasons Marion gave for going all the way. Is it multiple choice? No, these are type in fucking shit. It says Broomhild will not let them kiss because they are not married yet. It's okay. Yeah, so it's, okay. okay, I'm gonna. It says the correct answer was if he would rescue her. I don't remember that. I think it's because we're not really get. It says, what is not one of the reasons she would go all the way? So is that saying if he rescued her, she wouldn't go all the way? Or if he does rescue her, she'll go all the way? It sounds like a weirdly phrased question. I think that's kind of what's fucking yeah. it up. What is not one of the ingredients in Latrine's, Latrine's omelet she cooks for Prince John? See, that question also doesn't make sense. What's not in there? Goat cheese. No, I think Cock. she... <laughs> I think she mentions it. Um, I just don't remember. No, she puts like "Eye of New." No, "Tale of uh, New" is yeah. what was not in the in the omelet. So she probably names it and then puts it back. Uh, what is the name of Don Giovanni's lizard? Uh, Charlie. Uh, <laughs> I could have been a contender. <laughs> yeah, Charlie. That's it. That that was the the whole quiz. Oh, geez, I was waiting. I was locked and loaded. It was only a couple questions. That one wasn't... Uh... Yeah, those last two, the two before last were... Uh, yeah, I think the the weird. what is not in X, Y, and Z is kind of stupid. Uh, yeah, whoever wrote that is stupid. Because <laughs> some of the, this trivia is the magic pill Latrine offers a sheriff to save his life from the impalement is a lightsaber candy. True or false? So that's true. Um... Yeah, a lot of these are all true or false, but they're like really, they're yeah, Obvious. they're really silly. Um, so anyway, uh, I I definitely feel, I I definitely feel that Robin Hood is one of his top movies. I wish I understood a lot more as a kid. <laughs> uh, I definitely did not. Um, yeah, definitely. There's a lot of jokes that uh, fly by, like the sword going up behind the scene. When he's singing to her, I mean, they got a mega rage. Well, that, I mean, that every, like, Austin Powers did the same shit in the tent. Like, that, I, a lot of movies have parried that same thing where you see the shadow and, like, what are you doing? And, like, you know, they're doing something not what it looks like and shit like that. So, anyway, don't forget to rate, view, and subscribe to Knuckleheads Podcast on uh, all platforms. Buy our stuff on Teespring. I hope you enjoyed this uh, Mel Brooks episode. Robin Hood Men in Tights. If you haven't seen it, please go watch it. Um, should, he, should he have spoiler alert? Dude, we got to yell spoiler alert on a movie from 93, bro. Like, eat turds. Um, yeah, I'm the fanboy. I'm the hater. And let's give him the chop. Oh, I was going to do... <laughs> rah, 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 rah. <laughs> <laughs>